Listening to the Discover Arkansas podcast. Welcome to the Discover Arkansas podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Conling. And I'm Colton Fall. And we have two very special guests with us here today to talk about arts and museums here in Arkansas. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hey, everybody. This is Keith Fletcher, the director of Mosaic Templars Cultural Center. And we have... Hi, this is Patrick Ralston. I'm the director of the Arkansas Arts Council. We are so excited to have you guys here today. Today we're going to focus a lot on the Green Book exhibit that the uh, Mosaic Templars Cultural Center just uh, recently installed in the past month. Yes. Um, So, Key, I'm going to start with you. Could you give us a little bit of background on the Mosaic Templars Cultural Center? Absolutely. So there's like kind of uh, uh, two stories... Um, the original story, we always have to tell people really what the Mosaic Templars Cultural Center is, um, and that comes from the name. People are always wondering, well, you know, how did a museum um, get the name Mosaic Templars Cultural Center? And so it started from the name Mosaic Templars of America. Um, the the area that the museum is situated in in Little Rock is the heart of what is known as the historic black business district uh, that used to be here uh, in Little Rock. And so on 9th Street, everything you could think of for African Americans was there. And so black wealth, black business, black culture um, was right there. And in the middle, the cornerstone was an organization called the Mosaic Templars of America. It was a insurance company. It was founded by two former slaves, John Bush and Chester Keats, in the late 1800s. They founded it because at that time, it was almost impossible for African Americans to obtain burial insurance. And so they started this company, and it was absolutely amazing because little did they know um, that their dream, their vision of starting this company to be able to help people would explode and end up being in 26 states and over seven countries, an international organization right there and they would go on to also have a nursing school a hospital a newsletter a savings and and loan and publication and all these really cool things that came from the mosaic templars Uh, so that building their actual headquarters building was right there and also the state building was there as well Um, and so that was there and then we get into the 20s and the depression the the business went into receivership and it sat vacant for a long time we begin to see the um, influx of um, more businesses and African-American businesses leaving. We begin to see the, the onslaught of 630 and the demise of the Black Business District. And so that building uh, was actually one of the only original structures that still told the story of Black businesses in Little Rock. And so it was really important. Um, in the 80s, there was an, there, it was going to be actually torn down. The long story short, it was saved. Um, and decided that it would be the new Black History Museum for Arkansas. And so that's where the Mosaic Templars gets its name. Um, and so we have been open since uh, 2008. Um, the actual original structure burned in 2005. Some uh, gentlemen who were homeless went in, started a fire to keep warm, and the fire got out of control and burned the original structure. What's cool is, though, is the building, the new building is an exact replica of the original structure. 
we have three stories there. We have um, exhibits on the first floor in our museum store. Um, we have our office space on the second. And then on the third floor, we have this amazing auditorium, which is a replica of the ballroom. And um, the great thing about that is even in the 20s and 30s, um, all the really cool, um, you have all these really cool uh, musicians who played on the Chitlin circuit, which is a whole nother thing, mm-hmm. um, who play there um, in that space is that the third floor is a replica of that. And so we uh, exist to preserve, interpret, and celebrate Um, the culture of African-Americans in Arkansas. That's awesome. And that space, I've been up there before. It is a beautiful space. It's really gorgeous. Uh, It's a a neat space. And today, you know, we do everything from lectures and seminars to um, parties, um, you know, you name it. Um, People are always wanting, wanting to get in that space because it's, there's really nothing like it in Little Rock in terms of the historical kind of structure, the pressed tin ceiling, you know, the mezzanine that's suspended from the ceiling, the beautiful hardwood floors and the stage. It just kind of harkens back to the 20s and 30s. So it's a really neat, it's a really neat space to be in. Plus the history of the, of the building and, and where you are in the heart of the city is a, it's a, it's a really cool space. You mentioned your first floor is where you have your exhibits. Yes. Which brings us to the Green Book exhibit, Yay. which is very exciting. Can you um, tell us a little bit what this exhibit is about? Absolutely. So it is amazing that we actually opened uh, this exhibit at this particular time as the museum is in the middle of kind of redesigning the the entire space. Um, the museum has been open for um, since 2008 and the exhibits have been kind of the same. So it's, it's cool because the Green Book exhibit actually kind of marks the beginning of our renovation process. And so when people get a chance to come in and see the Green Book, they'll see that it's kind of in a a new space. Patrick's got a chance to kind of check out that new exhibit. Um, But we're highlighting opening the Green Book, which is sponsored and brought to you by the Smithsonian, sponsored by ExxonMobil. (laughs) So I want to make sure I give a shout out to the Smithsonian, of course, ExxonMobil. But the Green Book actually tells the story um, of what it was like for African-Americans to travel across the United States at a time when we were experiencing segregation. Um, And so the Green Book was actually started by uh, Victor Green. He was a postman in New York, and he saw that a similar guide was happening in the Jewish community. And so he wanted to create a similar guide for African-Americans, you know, a kind of, you know, places to go. You know, if you want to travel, these places are safe. Um, There, Some of them were Black-owned businesses. Some of them were not Black-owned, but they were people who opened their doors to all people and allowed people to shop, to spend the night, to be able to eat, to even go to the restrooms. Um, And so the book is essentially a guide that helped African-Americans be able to travel safely, um, to travel with dignity, um, and to travel without fear. You know, I think back about it, and I could not imagine, you know, having to essentially pack everything that I needed for my trip in my car because if I got a flat tire, if I if I had to go to the bathroom, I may not be able to stop. And so um, this exhibit really kind of deeply dives into that. You see images of African-Americans traveling across the country. Um, you also see uh, images of what segregation was like, of places that did not allow African-Americans to be able to visit. Um, you also get to see these really beautiful restaurants and hotels. Um, and, and tourist places that African-Americans were allowed to travel to. Probably one of my favorites is a photo of a dude ranch. And so I just never think of like African-Americans visiting a dude ranch. Yeah. 
Um, but the exhibit chronicles the North, the West, the South, and how African-Americans were actually traveling uh, throughout the country for, for, three, for three decades a little bit more safely because of the Green Book. That's amazing. Um, my next question was actually about the significance of the Green Book, but I kind of feel like you touched on it right there. It was very important for uh, Black Americans to be able to travel with dignity. Yeah. And what's interesting, Melissa, about that is I, the question I get a lot is, um, you know, what do you think about that now? You know, what do you think about that now as people um, are still traveling, as African-Americans are still traveling across the country, as African-Americans are still visiting places, um, you know, around the South and the country, is something like that even still needed? And, you know, one of the things I think about in terms of the importance of the Green Book, one of the things that it did, and I'm going to kind of go back to my hometown because I'm a, I'm a New Orleans girl, mm -hmm. and one of the places that's spotlighted in the exhibit is Dookie Chase. And if you've ever been to New Orleans, it is an amazing Black-owned restaurant. So not only was it a Black-owned restaurant, but it was a place that allowed African-Americans to be able to cash their checks when they got paid. Um, there was no other place in the city that allowed them to do that. So it allowed them to cash their checks and they get something to eat in the in the restaurant. So the cool thing about the Green Book and, and even Black-owned businesses today is it provides reciprocity for the people who own the business and also for the people who are coming to patron the, the business. And so I would say um, the great thing about that then and even now is it would be great to have those type of books or things that spotlight African-American owned businesses because so often a lot of times there are these really cool places that exist that not a lot of people know about. Um, and so I think it would be great to even have a guide, a, a comprehensive guide, even for the state of Arkansas where people, if you're traveling and you want to support black owned businesses, that this book is there. So that is a really good idea. I'm going to write that one down actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think we actually um, do have a, or at least there's the beginnings of a black-owned restaurant guy yes. happening in Central yes. Arkansas. So I that's saw very that. Exciting. I saw that, and like I saw it on social media, and I saw. I, I think I think one of maybe a magazine or I can't think of who yeah. started it, but there's actually been several iterations of it. You know, there's also you know now what we have, of course, with social media because nobody. I'm not, I'm not going to say nobody's reading books or magazines anymore, but most often you see like these groups um, on social media that are, um, you know, somebody, people are just kind of organically sharing. And so you do see iterations of that, especially in central Arkansas, of places to shop, you know, places you can visit, um, places that you can patron that are, are Black-owned. So you do see kind of little, like you said, little um, spots of that popping up across the city, which I'm really excited about because sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't know that place existed. And then when that place is shared, like everybody goes there and I, I love it. Um, so I think that that's cool as well. Thank you, social media. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there's some good eating on that list. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to, I'm not going to name one because I don't, <laughs> if I can't say them all, I won't say one. No promo unless there's a promo for everyone. <laughs> What makes this exhibit a must-see for people traveling to Arkansas, maybe spending some time in Little Rock? What is it about this exhibit that is so important? So I could tell y'all like 10,000 reasons, but I'm going to probably only name one or two because I know we don't have that much time. Let me check my, let me check my watch. No. <laughs> so one of the great things about it is this is a new exhibit. So nobody else has had the opportunity except for Memphis. It did, it did tour Memphis. 
This is a brand new exhibit. And guess where it is? In the fabulous state of Arkansas. You better believe it. Give Arkansas our props. That's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so that's one reason because you're gonna kinda you're gonna get to see something that you have not had a chance and opportunity to see before. Um, the other reason you should come and see it is because it is at, hey, the Mosaic Templars Cultural Center. A nationally accredited museum. Oh, only three African-American museums in the South are nationally accredited. And Mosaic okay. Templars is one of them. And so, number one, you're not going to see that anywhere else. Number two, there's no other Mosaic Templars Cultural Center in the world, of the world. So you should come and see it. And the third reason I would say that you should come and see it is because it kind of really opens your eyes to some of the things that we tend to take for granted, those liberties and those opportunities that we take. I can't tell you all how many people since I have been um, at the museum, since this exhibit has, has been going on, have come to me in tears saying like, wow, I didn't know that this was happening or I knew, but this exhibit really opened my eyes to the extent of how things were. Like one of the things that I find is, is fascinating is um, the story of African-Americans having to pretend to be drivers and servants and maids in their own cars. So you're driving your car for fear of getting pulled over and being questioned about who you are, pretending that you're delivering the car to somebody else, or that you're delivering the lady and the kids in the back because they're servants or cooks. Because surely you can't be an African-American with a nice car like that traveling across the country. No way, they don't let Negroes do stuff like that. And mm -hmm. so it really, there's another story where the guy talks about how he realized at the age of 12 how much his mom lied to him. When he would want to go into restaurants, his mom would say, oh, you know, they're out of pie or the bathrooms don't work. When in reality, they couldn't stop at those places. And so like the, those types of quotes, those types of stories, those types of images kind of really open our eyes um, to really the history that we have heard about, but again, another opportunity to see it and an opportunity to teach our kids, right? Because mm -hmm. that's not something um, a lot of kids know about. And so the third thing is it's a must see because it's important for all of us to realize what types of things were happening uh, in our country so that we can, we can learn from it and so we can see what other people experience. And it was really not too long ago that those things were going yep. on. We yep tend to think yeah. of that being a really long time ago. Yeah. And, but it wasn't. Yeah. It really yeah. wasn't. Patrick, I want to ask you about the Arkansas Arts Council. Um, what has their involvement been with the Green Book exhibit? Arkansas Arts Council, we work uh, very closely with Mosaic Templars. Um, uh, we, we've developed a really strong partnership uh, because uh, Mosaic is, um, as, as, a, as, as an African-American cultural center, um, and uh, as an accredited museum is, is very well plugged in to a, a part of, of uh, our Arkansas community that uh, the, the, historically the Arts Council has, has not always been able to serve, and that is um, younger black artists, um, not, not just younger artists, but, but right now we are, we are looking at uh, recruiting, uh, bringing into our service fold uh, uh, black artists and uh, and and people who are interested in um, in in the in black culture, and um, so certainly we 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 enjoy working with them because uh, they're an amazing conduit to uh, to to expand our reach across the state, so that we're 
you know, we're serving, uh, you know, all of the people of the state of Arkansas. And uh, in, in terms of, uh, with the Green Book, uh, we're currently working with, uh, with Key and her staff to, uh, to put together uh, art events that, that augment and support um, the, uh, the, the Green Book exhibit. And uh, so uh, we've, we've got a couple of things going right now that uh, we're working on and uh, hopefully uh, uh, bring some artists uh, in to uh, do some interpretation of the Green Book experience and uh, of that part of history because um, you know, again, uh, you know, so many of our, our, our younger artists now, they don't have um, direct experience with uh, this, this level of societal racism, but, um, but they, they certainly um, can, you know, interpret it through their art or through their poetry. And so uh, that's something that we're always interested in. And we do a lot of just kind of uh, 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 quick collaboration with Mosaic Templars because um, we just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a place that is a great um, shared venue for us. Um, uh, we also have uh, exhibits. Uh, we, we have our Small Works on Paper exhibition that we do every year, and every other year we open it at, uh, we, we do uh, our kickoff in January at Mosaic. Yeah, Templars. that's coming up. And yeah, in fact, it's coming <laughs> I'm up. I'm ready. It is, and let me tell you, we have broken all records for attendance of, of those uh, openings at whenever we have it at Mosaic. It is the it's it's the best party it is it's just um, it's an amazing facility um, I, I always feel like we bring in some people that have never been to uh, to, to mosaic for before, sure and and we just always have people who were not familiar either with mosaic or with the Arkansas Arts Council and it's great to have all of those people there with us and I got to give a plug to the Arts Council and to uh, Patrick and his team because if people don't know they have an amazing roster of artists and so a lot of artists that we have been introduced to is because of Patrick and his fabulous team um, of of people who really make sure that they have a comprehensive list of artists they do a really great job on their um, their artist roster of having a wide array and range of artists across the state. So sometimes if we're looking for an African-American storyteller or we're looking for an African-American musician or we're looking for an uh, African-American who does textile work, they have a really great list. And um, the list, I mean, they vet their people really well. And so I also just want to give a shout out to the arts, to, to what they do, because a lot of people don't know that this resource is available. And so a lot of times when people go to us, we send them to the Arts Council. We're like, go to the Arts Council's website. They have an amazing list of people, um, amazing talent across the state that, that you can use. And so um, we absolutely love the partnership. Um, and these are, the, like Patrick said, these are the types of things that we want to be doing, figuring out how we um, as state agencies in Arkansas can be partnering to share their resources with everybody in the community. Yes, absolutely. And we are happy to help get the word out Yay! about the Green Book exhibit <laughs> and all of the fun, wonderful things going on in Arkansas when it comes to the arts. Um, so, Key, how long is this exhibit running? So this exhibit runs through August 1st, so get it while it's hot. It's the perfect time. It's the summer as people are traveling, right? It's the perfect time as people are hopping in their cars and traveling um, around the country to come and see the Green Book. We do have, um, we're so excited to have Candace Taylor, who was actually the curator 
of the exhibit and she wrote the book called The Overground Railroad. And so she went and documented all of the Green Book sites across the United States. There were over actually 200 Green Book sites that existed here in Arkansas. And she's going to be coming and she'll be speaking and doing talks in July. We're also doing walking tours of 9th Street. As Patrick said, we're collaborating on some things as well for Green Book. So while the exhibit closes on August 1st, we want people to make sure that they visit the Arts Council website, make sure they visit our website to get a list of all the great things that go along with it. Because I always like when I pop into a place and I'm like, oh, there's also a talk. Like that's a, that's a double score. So yeah, but the exhibit will be open through August 1st and it is free to the public. So there's no admission. Amazing. Yeah. That's always the best yeah. part. Um, so you mentioned your website. What's that website yes. they can visit? So they can visit mosaictemplarcenter.com. Excellent. I know there was an opening night block party. Um, I was just curious if there are any other events attached to the exhibit. Yes. So um, similar to what uh, Patrick said and to some of the things that we've been following up on, we do have a talk that's happening. And that's a, a really cool talk because it's going to give the really the community of Arkansas, but, but other folks as well. And one of the things that we really kind of keyed in on and have been mindful of because of COVID is there's really a need for people to see things virtually. Like, so sometimes even when I see things being put out, I'm like, there's no virtual link. Like I can't, I can't watch virtually. So we are doing um, Candace Taylor. It is going to be an in-person event, but people will also have a chance to get plugged in virtually. So they'll have the opportunity to actually hear her talk across the country. Um, and so people can make sure, and that's happening uh, in July. And so people can make sure that they can um, visit our link for more information on that. Um, we're, again, we're also having um, walking tours. Um, and so people can also uh, make sure that they check that out as well. So those are the two kind of big things. And uh, as, as Patrick said, we've got some other partnerships that are in the works. So that I, I would encourage people to visit our social media page, just to kind of our, our Facebook page, our, our Instagram, and our website to check out some of the things that we have going on in, in conjunction with the exhibit. Is that a talk? Is that the, the virtual part of it? Is it like yes. a live stream or you have to get on Zoom? So um, it is going to be on our Facebook page, but we're also going to have a link attached to that to our website so that even if you don't have Facebook, you'll actually be able to click on that link. And I don't, it's not, I don't think it's through Zoom, but they'll be able to access the, the video as well. Yeah, they'll be able to see it live, live stream it. Kind of moving into the Arkansas Arts Council now, Patrick, can you give us a little bit of background on the AAC? Well, um, the, uh, the Arkansas Arts Council is it's an agency of uh, the Division of Arkansas Heritage, which of course is part of the uh, larger Ar Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage and Tourism. So um, we have been a state agency for uh, uh, about well, actually, since uh, about the time I was born, which I, I was born in '66, and mm -hmm. uh, it, uh, uh, we actually became a state agency in '67, uh, created as a result of some federal legislation that created the National Endowment for the Arts, oh. um, and um, the National Endowment for the Arts provided that uh, each state would have a state arts agency. So we are the state arts agency for the state of Arkansas. Hmm. And um, what we do is uh, we, we, are, we work to deliver, in, in short, to uh, make sure that uh, every uh, Arkansan has access to arts programming, 
to we support Arkansas artists um, through professional development and uh, technical services and um, we uh, uh, certainly uh, work hard to provide and uh, support arts in education um, through uh, residency programs in schools, grants, mini grants. Uh, we have uh, several several ways that we do that. Uh, and we do quite a lot of um, uh, community development, uh, trying to uh, de develop uh, what we call the arts infrastructure in parts of the state that uh, traditionally have not had arts organizations or art um, exposure to, uh, you know, they don't have an art venue, uh, and, and there are regions, you know, some people call them art deserts, where they just, you know, you don't have any, any theater programs or, uh, uh, you know, an art center, and um, uh, usually, you know, the more rural places, uh, and, uh, and we work to, to find uh, ways to deliver those services in those areas. Awesome. Sounds very much needed. I feel like the arts in Arkansas are something we don't talk enough about. People think of Arkansas as like outdoors, like, oh, we're going to go to a lake, we're going to go climb a mountain, you know. It is a, it is a bigger part of our uh, state economy than we think. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's roughly 3.5% uh, of our economy, uh, of our state wow. output. And um, it is uh, uh, about, uh, I think now, uh, around $4 billion in what we call creative output in the state. Um, so, uh, and of that, um, I would say about a billion dollars is, is in the actual, uh, you know, the, the, the artists creating and the, or, the, or the theater uh, production. Uh, and then you'd say that the other $3 billion that uh, goes along with that is going to be um, uh, the the money that is spent by people who attend those uh, events, and so um, you know, much like in tourism, you know, you have the direct cost of the uh, the direct product, and then you have the residual product of, of someone who travels to your community and spends money, buys you know, goes to dinner, and so um, yeah, it is. It has a uh, it it does have a pronounced effect uh, in, in the economy. Uh, we, we talk a lot about the creative economy in Arkansas, and, and Arkansas has um, several communities, uh, many communities, that have, have learned to tap into uh, what, what, you know, the things that power their creative economy. Yeah, wow. So if I were a tourist and I wanted to come see some creative things in Arkansas, what, what are some places that people can't miss a tourist you really got to stop by this place it's hard to pick out one or two but uh, I'll, I'll give you one that just happened this past weekend uh, and that was the um, Newport uh, uh, Delta Arts Festival uh, which is, is is really fascinating because that's actually a, a program that was um, created by the local uh, economic development uh, commission and uh, we've talked to them quite at length about that a few years ago and it was interesting to see the vision that they brought to that to putting that together but it is both a, I mean it is a it's, it is a book festival a music festival and an art festival all together and uh, you know I, I heard uh, I, although I didn't make it out this year um, I uh, from everything I've heard uh, they, they had a, a, a tremendous year everybody is so happy to, to be out after the pandemic and you know and, and it was such a perfect opportunity to get out and enjoy the arts and of course that it's it's it serves a region it serves the uh, the, the Delta uh, and you know which has in itself a, a rich history 
and um, you know certainly um, we also uh, I, I think that one of the new newcomers in in Arkansas is of course the Murphy Arts District in El Dorado um, this is it, it's it's uh, a, an, a a district uh, devoted to uh, art and performing arts and uh, they've built a tremendous venue there uh, uh, it's it's kind of a which kind of a a venue that's kind of you know sits between the larger venues like uh, uh, Memphis and Dallas and Houston. Uh, it's a place that uh, manages to book uh, big acts that can come in and and you know kind of fill the gap between in the time between their their bigger shows, and uh, and they have uh, just they've brought in some amazing talent down there uh, over the last uh, three years, uh, and they are. Um, you know, they're they're just there's such a heavy investment there, both corporate and uh, and and public, and in the in the arts and and you know I would say that um, uh, uh, you know you go to play you can you can you can also see uh, that kind of investment places like Eureka Springs, um, which is uh, of course a a, a very large. Uh, uh, community devoted to I mean a lot a lot of artists per capita there mm -hmm. um, you know certainly a, a beautiful architectural historical city but uh, also a lot of art but also you know I have to say too I mean if you're gonna go right now if we're gonna talk about modern Northwest Arkansas which of course is a booming economy um, I, I have to talk about Crystal Bridges because Crystal Bridges is such an amazing yeah. um, singular gift yeah. to the state of Arkansas yeah. it yes. is um, it is, uh, of course, uh, the the Walton family, the Walton Family Foundation, um, has has done so much to uh, to to bring um, this this internationally renowned art museum to Northwest Arkansas, and um, it's a you know I don't have to tell you all it's a mm -hmm. huge uh, tourism draw, yes, and um, and and they are uh, but but you know I'll say also that the uh, the Walton family. Has uh, other has many other investments in Northwest Arkansas and Walton Art Center in mm -hmm. Fayetteville is a perfect example of that. This is a great performing arts center, uh, also visual arts. Uh, they have galleries, um, uh, you know. So though they they have those two big anchors up there on the uh, the I forty nine cor corridor, and and you also have some some really amazing smaller venues up there. There's a lot of art. In Fayetteville, Rogers, uh, Bentonville, uh, and Springdale. Springdale is 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 a is just bustling. Um, there's a, a huge, uh, a diverse art uh, community in uh, in Springdale, all through this region. Um, uh, you know, black, uh, Latinx, uh, you know, a white. Um, a uh, uh, Marshallese, uh, you know, yes. we have a large Marshallese, a, l a large population of folks from the from the Marshall Islands, um, Vietnamese, uh, Southeast Asian. You know, these are these are all the, the these are all the the cultures that are are mixing and 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 they they bring their art and it and it and it creates for us um, it's just a beautiful opportunity for us to to recruit new artists uh, but also just to to highlight these these artists um, because they all become part of what I like to call the Arkansas art portfolio mm. um, you know we would they they become this you know part of this pastiche for um, 
what, uh, what we are creating, what our creative output is here in the state of Arkansas. It really sounds like there's something for just about everyone who comes to visit Arkansas, honestly. Oh, I think there is. <laughs> I think so. Well, guys, it has been so fantastic talking to both of you. Um, I just want to give you an opportunity right here at the end to plug literally anything else you'd like to plug. Absolutely. Well, I want to plug that we are actually in the process of, re of uh, renovating our entire space of the museum. And we have to, we're in the middle of a capital campaign to raise $1.3 million. And so that will allow us to completely open the story up. I mean, initially, when we, when we started the museum, um, the story stops at about 1970. And so in the new exhibits and new galleries, we'll have a chance to, uh, to move the story forward um, and to tell more a more comprehensive story of Arkansas uh, African-American history. And so we're really excited about this project. We also have a new children's gallery that's opening in September that will give families a chance to talk to children about same, different, amazing, and how all kids are the same. And so we've got a lot of amazing work going on at the museum for anybody who's interested in knowing about that are interested in donating, we ask them to visit our website at mosaictemplarscenter.com. My, my one plug is this, buy Arkansas art. Uh, Arkansas artists are your neighbors, they're your friends. Um, you know, they, they may not make it, they don't all do it full time. They don't all have a studio. Sometimes your studio is your spare bedroom, like me, and uh, <laughs> for instance. And, um, but by art, you know, art is, uh, there, there's our world-class artists in this state. Um, uh, many of them have not been discovered yet, but many, so many of these people have such a, a unique and amazing vision. Um, and so, you know, if it, when you take the time to, to get familiar with Arkansas artists, you can go to arkansasarts.org, that's our website, and take a look at the artist registry. Uh, get familiar with, with who's creating across the state, whatever, whatever discipline, whether it's photography or pottery, whatever, you know, we, we've got them all on there. Um, get familiar with your local galleries, uh, and, uh, you know, um, I, I encourage uh, people to consider purchasing Arkansas art. Um, it, it has meaning, it has value, it, it is, it's good for your state economy, but more it is part, it's celebrating part of your community. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, uh, I, I, I think that it's, it's a great way for us to, to, to raise up new artists um, and, uh, and, and just enhance that creativity in our state. Key and Patrick, thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. It was lovely talking to you guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, both of you, Melissa and Colton. We appreciate everything you do. Take me down to the Discover Arkansas podcast is brought to you by Arkansas Tourism, a division of the Arkansas Department of Parks, Heritage, and Tourism. The division manages 14 Arkansas Welcome Centers and employs more than 60 staff members across the natural state. For more information, visit Arkansas.com. Our theme music is by Little Rock-based artists Daz and Bree.